When I meet people on this podcast, often it's the first time that I've ever spoken to them. But there's also times when I meet people in kind of a discovery or quick call to get a feel for them before booking them on the podcast. Probably my best call that I've ever had before booking a guest was with my guest today, Nicole Trick Steinbach. Nicole just exudes joy. And in fact, the first time that I talked to her was a very different time for me. I normally talk to people in the morning time, kind of during the workday, and I was coming from a workout, and I was really just huffing and puffing, got in my car, and Nicole just exploded onto the call. Her energy is palpable. It is all around She brings herself, completely brings herself to the equation authentically and honestly from the moment she gets on the phone. And I think you're going to hear that in this podcast. I think you're going to be amazed at how joyful Nicole is and how she explains everything. So I encourage you today to really enjoy and take in this conversation that I had with Nicole Trick Steinbach. Magic, there you are. Oh, hello. How are you today, Nicole? I am good. I hope you're never going to use this video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use the video. I just do it, you know, as we're, you know, seeing each other for the video. But no, I just release audio, you know. Whew. So you're in the mountains, huh? I am in the mountains. Yeah. So, um, this is actually a rental I got through Airbnb. I'm up here to do some creative thinking and strategy. And there are windows all the way around, which is fantastic. But it's awful for video. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm hiding in the tiny little kitchen. <laughs> You're like, no, no video. So what do you mean by like creative thinking? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, um, so my business now has been my full-time gig for six months. And a lot of that... You know that you know. Do you know that pie where it's like you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know? (laughs) Turns out that that piece was much better. It was much bigger. And so, as you know, I have a coach, I have a mastermind, and a collection of people in my life who've gone the same way. Um, You know, as those conversations and that experience has been growing, I've realized I need to do a reconnect with myself so that's one of the biggest reasons I took this brave step <laughs> was the connection to myself and to my values and to my purpose and my family so yeah I needed to get up Mount- the mountains are my happy place it's a place awesome. I feel the most energetic and the most exciting um, excited and inspired and since I live you know in the mountains I went further up into the mountains this cute little town I'm right next to a little creek so I can hear the water and I'm surrounded by the peaks. That's pretty, pretty fab. Yeah. It sounds, I like that. It sounds pretty fab. That's pretty fab. <laughs> it's pretty fab. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, I think that uh, nature has a lot to do with kind of our, our peacefulness and our relationship with other people. You know, yeah. it can be very powerful. They, the relationship that we have with nature and how that forms 
how we think about things with other people. Exactly. And so for you, you were basically in, I love, uh, I loved our last talk, by the way, it was pretty fun. Oh, thanks. I did too. Right? I did. Wasn't that pretty good? Yeah. And I, I wanted to continue talking, but we needed to go back. To I know I had to go. I was like, man, <laughs> I was just finishing a workout with a client. And I was like, wow, this is one of those talks where you're just kind of like, you could just keep going, you know, exactly. well, you got a personality. Your personality is very like, you're like breathing life, you know, and something about your personality, Nicole, that's interesting to me like that. Thank you. Yeah. It's been hard earned and it's been really hard earned. Um, it's a choice and I choose, like, it really is a choice. And when I notice that it's hard for me to listen and to connect to people, and I feel exhausted or angry, just as my standard, then I know I need to take a break because that's not what I want to put into the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I learned that through a lot of therapy <laughs> a lot right. of and a lot of, you know, failed relationships or failed risks and, um, you know, I don't know how long I have on this earth. I think a huge turning point for me, um, my, I had a birthday buddy. It was my aunt Kim and she had married into the family and she died when she was younger than me, than I am right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I hit that age, I felt this thing going on inside of me. And it, it was a lot because my kids had reached a certain level and, my, my marriage is over 10 years now and think to all that was happening. And it was also because I realized every year I had after that year was years that my aunt never got. And it just, it was like, Oh wow, I have this, this bonus almost like this awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> and so I want to make sure that it's worth living and it's good into other people's spaces, you know, that's a wonderful way of looking at it. Tell, uh, tell us a little bit about your kind of former life, your nice. glitzy, glammy, <laughs> corporate -y. Let's put a lot of ease on stuff, you know, why? Okay. So, um, so we'll, yeah, so I'm happy to share the glitzy part. Um, <laughs> snazzy title. Snazzy. Snazzy snazz. Um, of senior global director of change and communications, or maybe it was global senior director. Not sure. <laughs> I like how you don't remember it. You're like, I don't know. I do know that the last um, the last promotion came through a few months before I actually left, which tells you how ready my soul was for something different. Um, and and I'm really proud of that time, and I'm really proud of the impact that I made and the people I got to work with. I worked inside of a software company. And the, the mission, I think, at the time was to improve people's lives. And that was awesome to be a part of. And that glitzy, glammy, snazzy, <laughs> that actually comes from a childhood on welfare and in poverty that included abuse and a lot of um, people who were addicted to things and um, depression and also disordered eating. So it was a real choice to decide to do something else and to do things that I had no role models for. Like when I moved to Germany right after college, I had no role models for that. <laughs> I had no right. who had said, you know what? Um, I do not have a work background. <laughs> I just graduated college. I don't have a job in Germany. So let's dive into it. Um, but yeah, you know, hard work and, 
um, a lot of opportunity that I snapped at and saying yes to crazy, crazy things um, led to the snazziness that I'm really proud of. And I've been to over 25 countries for my job and even more for my own travels. Um, and it was totally worth it. Yeah. Fell That's in amazing. Love. Brought that German back. <laughs> yeah, you did, right? <laughs> And so tell me what was stirring inside of you when you were thinking of making the transition. I think for a lot of people, you know, that listen to a podcast, there's always a lot of like these business to business podcasts and how we get better in business. But I think there's, there's also a good lesson in leaving business and yeah. that you're in, instead of you're climbing, you're like, how do I climb out of this thing? So what was stirring inside of you during yeah. that time? Oh, that's really, I've never thought about that. The climb and then the climb. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Looking at these mountains, right? Like sometimes yeah. you're climbing in one space and realize as you get even higher, you need to go horizontal for a while so you can climb even more. Now, I do not know this from personal experience, but I watch people do it. <laughs> right, right. I don't do it either, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was stirring in me? Well, it was pointed out to me actually last week. I had a really cool conversation with someone because I had been a, with the company um, for over a decade when I decided to leave. I think it was actually 12 years. And so people that I worked with, I worked with for over a decade in various roles. And I consider them friends, like not fro leagues, not colleagues I'm friendly with, but friends. Did you say fro leagues? Fro <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. I actually got it from a colleague of mine who's American and now lives in Canada. And she took friend and colleague and then pronounced it frolig. And I love it. It's my new word. <laughs> hey, send it out there. Jennifer Coleman, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I was talking and, and this guy said to me, you know, Nicole, I knew you as this like, startup, um, just during the company, working in communications and really on the executional level. And you were so full of vigor and um, delight, I think was the word he used, which I thought was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you went through the valley of tears, up, as you do within 10 years, over 10 years. But at the end, he said, you just didn't you just didn't want to get into the fray anymore because working in a company that has over a hundred thousand people, there's always going to be change. There's always going to be discussion. There's always going to be, you know, we could go left, we could go right. We could go left and right. Then right. You know, that that's always going to be there. And part of who I am and part of what I bring to the world is change and trying new things and failing and trying again and 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 towards the end of my time I didn't want to get into the fray I wanted someone I wanted a clear decision I wanted a clear budget I wanted a clear way to lead people and that was it it, it just the strategy of the corporation was changing the ways of success was changing and not in bad ways. It's still a great place to work. And if anybody applies there or wants to work there, I, I really support them. Just, it was a time that I 
wasn't in, I wasn't in it to win it, you know? And yeah. that, that's when I start, when I start realizing I'm moving away from something, I don't want to spend my life moving away from things. I want to spend my life moving towards. And so it was time for reflection. And right at that point in time, I started getting requests from outside of the company to coach people, to support people with planning campaigns, with planning their moves in life, help their company grow, step into the global space. And it just over, it took about, um, took about a year. And to be honest, I did not know I was in the process for the good first eight months. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. So what's that about? That's all. I think that that's a key thing because I don't know that people recognize that element. That's a key element. Maybe you don't know you're moving out, but it's happening. Yeah. 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 Moving. Yeah. Because so there were so many people in my life who came and left or came and stayed and they behaved in service of me. Right. And so I really try to give that back. So I got approached by someone who said, you know, I am really sad about what's happening on my study council. And I was wondering if I could just bounce it around with you. And that's a moment of service, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, yes. And I was just excited to do it. And then it turns out that there's all these requirements where people have to pay you if you do a certain amount and et cetera, et cetera. So that's how I kind of got started outside of the company was trying to be of service. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. And I really didn't know it was taking place that I was moving away until I heard there was another round of severance packages coming. Hmm. I thought, and this was a moment where I thought, Oh, I take one of those. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> I take one of those. <laughs> I had been Maybe offered, <laughs> you know, I'd been offered one before. And I was like, no, 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 no. You know, and this time I spontaneously thought, wow, I I would take that. And then speaking to my coach and my husband realized not only would I take that, I want it. And so I actually um, navigated into an opportunity to get that offered. Um, and it was, you know, it was a hard conversation at the time because it was, you know, a breakup conversation. It was hard. And I, I felt really, I mean, especially since no one told the poor HR guy that I was like wanting this. <laughs> so he like came in and then he got shocked and, right. you know, um, but it was also when I left that conversation, it was like, yeah, I'm now moving towards, I'm going to do this. And uh, since then, it's just been really, really clear. It was a gradual build and then a leap, a very wow. scary leap. Yeah. I think what's interesting is that I kind of hung on to that word, the breakup conversation or the phrase breakup conversation. I think often that people are very um, leery of having those conversations because they think, well, I've been doing something a long time. You know, what am I thinking? Why would I have this breakup conversation? But, and you have to have it if you're ready to move on to something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And clarity, clarity is kindness. 
Um, and this process helped me really put that in concrete in my soul. Um, there were two conversations while I was considering, hmm, do I want, am I, am I just open or do I want? And, and I searched for clear conversations with people who were in very influential roles for the future of change management and for communications. And um, the lack of clarity in one and the deep clarity in the other made it clear to me, <laughs> clarity, clarity, clear, but yeah. made it very concrete that it was time to look at something else and to have that breakup conversation, right? Um, and have an honest breakup conversation. And I found that as difficult, because, you know, we have them with friends. We have them sometimes with family members. I know I have. Um, we have it with bosses or even I had one with a mentee because she was just going in a very different direction that I was unable to support her in. I needed, you know, and had a clear conversation that she's amazing. And I still believe that, but I'm not a stay at home parent and I don't work part time. I work full time and my husband actually stayed at home for a while and she needed support from a very different person. Right. But those, I mean, those are things that we need to build the personal behaviors, the personal, like I want clarity and I'm willing to be clear with someone else and conflict, see, choosing to see conflict as an opportunity to move forward rather than to move against because conflict isn't bad. Conflict is not bad. So interesting. I, <laughs> It's actually weird we're talking about this. It's really weird because the last podcast I did on the last one I recorded uh, last week was with a conflict resolution manager. And mm -hmm. that's her job. She basically has her own company that goes to other companies and does conflict resolution, Ooh. like tension. Yeah, it's really fascinating, like going in there and and talking to like frontline workers and, you know, corporate execs and feeling the tension and basically helping to dissolve the conflict in those yeah. relationships. So kind of this third party right. resolution. And it's just weird that it's coming right after I had that. I mean, you know, when I do these, I, I have no clue what I'm going to talk about. Literally. I just, <laughs> I just roll in out of bed boom pop i just want to make sure that you know i'm set yeah. up but it's been it's interesting i choose also to look at conflict that way Even in my personal relationship with my wife i always have over the years we've been married 15 years and i say you know this conflict we're having it's not bad i've said that the same thing i said and actually it's going to propel us forward yeah. but we have to have some level of that to to push forward you know yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I am. I'm not a conflict resolution um, expert. There have been times that I've been asked to help mediate. Um, mm -hmm. And the vast majority of the time, it's because people haven't said, hey, that email on that date with this thing, that was disrespectful. Right. Or that decision did not take into consideration the skills we have on the team, what are we going to do with the team members, right? Um, 
once, quite frankly, in the vast majority of situations I've been involved in professionally, once those, hey, this wasn't okay, are addressed, they can be clarified and we can move on. I mean, in one case, there were two development teams that refused to speak to each other. And every time they had communications that went through their scrum team and their scrum scrum team member or scrum leads always put the solution architect on CC, which is utterly unnecessary. Right. It, it came down to they changed the scrum calendar and didn't tell us. It was just an accident on the DL list. But it, it had just gone so crazy out of out of control. And I know that I've had that in my personal life as well, right? Where it's, yeah. yeah. And the other amazing thing about conflict, because there are some things that you can't resolve, there are values. So one value that I have in my life is equity. I know it's not there. I know it probably will never be there, but it's really important that I am working towards it. And part of that means tra- transgender rights and that humans are humans. and Let's move on, right? And so I've had people in my life who felt very, very strongly, and we were unable to clarify that. In the and opposite so- direction of yeah. that you're talking? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's only two genders. These people are screwed up. They need to be fixed. Oh, wow. Castration, pedophilia, like all kinds of the stuff that you think is dead. It's not. And so we were unable to resolve that because that's a core value issue. And because of this open conversation, there are no questions in my heart or in my mind about, is it really like that? Like, have I read into it? It's I just know we were brave enough to share those conversations with each other and to move on with our lives. And we're not in each other's lives anymore. You know, it's really powerful. I think you know, it's, I, I I have a very similar feeling to you about, you know, um, people are transgender, transitioning, different things. You know, people are people. I want them to feel um, in, included and, and in different facets of life and things. But I think sometimes it's difficult when you're having conversations with people who have a very staunch feeling about, hey, this is how it is. Yeah. It just has to be this way. And I, those are difficult because you, I always reach this clarity point in those conversations where I go, nothing's going to change here. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. isn't going to, I can't, I'm not going to persuade this person. They're not going to say anything to me to pull me on theirs. This is really happening. Nothing's going to change here. We're probably not going to talk, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and without rancor, like I am not angry. I am not. Yeah you know, we see some people like just utterly explode or people talk about the uncomfortable Thanksgiving dinners. That happens. I'm not saying like, if we have clear conversations, Thanksgiving is going to be amazing. Like, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) What I am saying is with the clear conversations, then it's not about me trying to change you or you trying to change me. It's clarity. And then we decide what we're going to do with that moving forward. And the accountability comes again, that completely onto me. Yeah. How am I going to live my life? How am I going to choose to be in this space? Right. And so when you talk about my energy, that's a choice. I make that choice. 
and everybody else gets to make the same choice. And whenever people talk to me about, no, 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 we just need to persuade and we need to convince and no, 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 no. The story I always tell, (laughs) the story I always tell is my husband, God love him. I love him. He's fantastic. And that man wore socks with his sandals for over 12 years. (laughs) That man. And I, oh my gosh, I would talk and I would explain and I would take pictures and I would, "Ah, what are you doing? Right? And he didn't change because that's his choice. That's his body. Those are his socks with his sandals. And it may be wrong, but that's what he's going to (laughs) do. Then we moved to Colorado within six months. He is just wearing sandals because that's his choice. (laughs) And you were happy, I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, oh, honey, I was happy. (laughs) You were pumped out of your mind, Nicole. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah. First time I was like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, right? I couldn't. I was like, nice sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been this joyful? I mean, I think, you know, I I know you say it's a choice, but like I remember, I remember for, for people who are gonna listen, um, you know, I don't always talk to everybody before. I have them on the podcast. In fact, I would say a large percentage of people I have never talked to them before, but Nicole and I had a conversation. I remember I was sitting in my car coming out of the gym and I have no expectation for the people I'm talking to. I'm just like, well, just see, you know, I don't know. And you like exploded onto my phone and that laugh and that joy and that excitement. I thought this is a whole different deal right here. Is this? Yeah. Is this where is this? Where? I mean, you're making a choice, but have you always been like this? No. I am. I actually am naturally hormonally set up to be quite depressed when Mm. I am not in treatment. And by treatment, I mean proper sleep. I have never pulled an all-nighter in my entire life. Um, A lot of sun. Like I have to be outside, and the the right amount of social. Hmm. Plus medicine, plus ongoing counseling. I am very similar to, sadly, what a lot of my ancestors were, which was severely depressed, which leads and led to addiction and withdrawal and just being miserable people. Um, And not that they were all miserable people because I didn't know them. I'm sure that there was joy, right? Um, But that's not how I am genetically designed. On top of that, um, I did not have the best way. <laughs> I did not start off on the best way. There was a lot of trauma in my life. And I still, like, let's be clear. I am a white woman. I was born in the United States. I was born into a family that had a blue-collar background. Like, I started on third base. I'm not going to say <laughs> that I didn't start, right? Right, right. And, you know, there was there was a lot of trauma that took place. And I know from other people I've talked to that then turning that into a strength, turning that into a foundation to be joyful and hopeful um, is uncommon. I mean, I not to like, you know, pat myself on the back, but it is uncommon. It is really uncommon. And um, 
And it's a choice that I make. When did that turn? When did that, that boat start shifting mm. towards joy? Such a good question. Um, I, so her name is Andrea. And of course, so when my mother and my father decided to get divorced, which was a really good decision, um, we at the time in Ohio, you had to do a certain amount of family counseling. And it was identified at that point in time that I needed more. And oh, thank all the gods that that was an, that was an opportunity that my mother was able to provide to me, even when there was a lot she just couldn't because at the time mental health services were affordable or more affordable than they are in the U.S. now. So that was one thing. Um, but when I went to Germany and I'd been there for two years and I was miserable and angry and really thin and like all these things, right? I walked into the center and I said, I need English counseling and can anyone help me? I met this woman twice. And the second session, she says to me, you have too many excuses. I'm tired of the excuses. Are you going to do something about it? <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, I was so pissed off at her. Oh, I'm so angry. And had there been another English language option, because my German wasn't great at the time, I would have never seen that woman again. <laughs> but there right. were. So she introduced to me. And I was not open to it, but I was desperate. She opened up to me a program called The Inner Child. And the concept is, and what we did together for the next two years, two years, um, is we raised me. I raised me again. And there's lots of really concrete exercises. And this is where I got interested in change management, where I got interested in coaching and, and all of these things. Because there are concrete exercises, action steps, learnings that, that are open to us. And if we step into them, can fundamentally rewire our brain. And since then, I've learned about neurosculpting. I've learned about mm -hmm. the power of meditation. I've learned about manifestation. But at the time, all I knew was not happy. I don't want to be miserable. I think I have potential. So what am I going to do? And she kicked my ass and held my hand and all kinds of wonderful things. Like she changed, genuinely changed the trajectory of my entire career, my career, my family. I, I just don't think I would be able to be a mom had I not done that really hard work. And it was two years, two years of hard effort and grieving and letting go and celebrating and trying new things and failing a lot, yeah. <laughs> messing up and all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, that was when I decided to shift it. And, um, and there have been times in my life where I haven't done a great job in choosing how to behave with the pregnancy of my second child. I was just really scared the entire time. Um, we were, you know, we had to go to the experts and, Oh, the birth was, oh, it was horrible. And then I had an infection. She had, oh, it was just a lot. And I was scared and I wasn't joyful. I wasn't peaceful. I wasn't taking accountability for my life. I was blaming people and she's only six. So, you know, it comes back and it comes, you know, and I moved through it. But yeah, that was the turning point. What was the, in that two years, 
was there a moment where you thought this is really working for me i'm really i'm feeling that this is the the next turning point within the first turning point the moment where you're like this 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 is actually working for me oh man i've never thought about that i can't think of one it was so so gradual and so foundational what was the most emotional point of that process like what was the point where you felt the lowest and then when you felt the highest hmm now you didn't expect this coming today did you (laughs) fantastic um I don't know if I can, but one thing that I learned that I carry forward is incredible compassion for hateful people. Mm. So, yeah, like I don't, let's be clear, not in my life, certainly not in my children's lives. And when I see people behaving in a really awful way, my first thought is that person's really hurt. And that's, you know, and, you know, everybody hurt, everybody hurts everybody. It's a fact. Some of us take accountability. Some of us don't. Some of us realize it. Others don't. And that now that I, when I see that, when I see someone screaming in the grocery store, my first thought is that that person's really hurt. Whatever's happening that person's actually just really hurt. Um, and that was something that freed me from a lot of the weight. Like it wasn't me. My dad doesn't have his issues because of me. He's just hurt and he makes choices, right? And the same for my moms and my aunts and my uncles and my teachers and my librarians and everybody in between, right? And that took a long time and I fought against it. But wow, is it a gift? Is it a gift now? I still get annoyed. Let's be clear. I get annoyed. I get frustrated. I'm like, why are you yelling at this lady in the grocery store? She's doing her job. Chill. Right. Not code all of the things. Um, And at the same time, my first thought is, wow, this person's really hurt. This person is suffering. And then, so you're, these two years, they're incredibly powerful for you. Mm Mm-hmm. What were the steps like after that? What were that, that first steps to running? What was that like? To living in it? Well, I think that's, that's the amazing thing about long-term transitions and long-term growth is that when Andrea and I decided that I was going to move on, and again, break up conversation, mm-hmm. it was such a, such a gentle, like, we already know this. Right. Nicole's has so much more to learn and to grow as a person, as a human. And it's time to to really just live into this and, and experience it in its wholeness. So there wasn't this big like, and now I live this way. And it's it, because I had just, yeah, like I'm flying forward and opera. No, it's like, <laughs> it's like a continuation, right? And so there are times in my life now that I can look back in and say, oh, well, that was a, that was a turning point. And that was a turning point um, based on 
my childhood and then the skills I learned there and then the skills I learned later. Like, for example, I worked for this fella who I actually am still in contact with. So, um, and always protect the guilty, but he's also gone through his learning process, right? So I was assigned to him to do communications and he was an American. There was this rumor that he was ex-intelligence and he's speaking to a German audience, okay? developer audience. And he stands up and for some reason, he decides to make a jo joke about waterboarding. This is 2006. Yeah. Not the best thing to do, right? Like, and being shocked by that, right? And thinking, oh my God, how am I going to support this guy? What am I going to do? He was incredibly demanding um, to the point where people felt, myself included, that I could never get off. Requests would come at the very last minute. We would work weekends. I would week work weekends. I canceled things with my husband. I know a lot of other people made the same choices. And he also invested in us, the ones that were, you know, performing and that he believed in. He would invest in us and he would make sure we had the right equipment and he would, you know, make sure that we got to go to the events and, and, and that our names were involved and things like that. So, uh, so not all that. And I answer the phone on a Friday, no, on a Thursday. And I am planning to go with my then boyfriend on holiday for a, a long weekend. And it's, you know, his assistant saying, this guy really needs you. Oh my gosh. He really needs you. Right. You have to be, Right. And I said, no, M&As do not happen overnight. We knew this was coming. There's a team that deals with this. Obviously, I'm not needed and I'm not coming. I'm on a holiday. My boyfriend, now husband, had told me before, I love you and you're important to me. And if you can't, if you cancel another holiday, like, I just don't see this going anywhere. Right. It's fair, fair. Um. And I never spoke to him in person again. Never. Wow. I got reorganized down two levels. I was no longer name dropped. My access diminished. My role diminished, et cetera, et cetera. It was really painful, really painful. And this had happened at the beginning of uh, Q4. So I go into my... Um, at the beginning or well, middle of Q1, I go into my conversation with my brand new manager and I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm like, ready to negotiate. I'm ready to negotiate my salary. Ah! And she says to me, there's no negotiation. It's already been signed off. And I am first response. What? <laughs> what is this? Right? right. And I'm thinking, I just got screwed. And um, he had insisted and signed off on a double digit raise. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, that was a real turning point for me. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Real turning point. And Let it's that sink in. Yeah, I know. I know. It, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, what? Double you digit raise? Uh, okay. No. Huh? 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 And, um, and that was a huge turning point for me. I didn't have rancor with him when I said no. I didn't feel scared when I said no. I didn't, you know, it was just this 
clarity, right? Like I need to respect myself and love myself. And this is a bad decision and I'm not letting it impact my life. Um, and I dealt with the consequence of that. And then on the other side, this unexpected reward. And I've carried that forward. Like I have said no and I have said yes. And I have like all kinds of things in between. But I've stood my level. And quite frankly, at the end, it's always been rewarded. Mm. Nice. The more I was myself, the more I earned. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I'm getting all shaken up here, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, so true. Ask for what you think you deserve for real. Yeah. Be yourself. And I am a huge proponent of that, Nicole. I think, you know, you shared something. I mean, this is, you know, I have people come on. I, I want it to be about you and stuff, but I like to interject to some stories here and there, you know, add some flavor to it. And I was just telling my wife this the other day. This relates to what you just said. And I remember when I was in high school, I, uh, I was an athlete, but I also, um, I didn't feel like I fit in. I was very, um, I felt more older than I was mm -hmm. during that time. Like just, I'm, I'm not, I'm a lot like my, my, the version of myself I am now, I was a lot like when I was 16, which was very difficult for me in high school. <laughs> and uh, I remember my mom sat me down, she goes, it seems tough now, but just keep being yourself because people are going to appreciate this version of you way more when you get older. Just keep going. Don't worry about it, you know? And yeah. I always carried that with me. Just be yourself, you know? Yeah. You're, you're enough. You know, obviously, just, you know, working on yourself and doing things, improving. But, at, you know, at the core for me, I was always a joyful person inside. I was trying to figure out how to release that. And I felt for me, I was genetically predisposed to have lots of joy, lots of like, I want a life giving and caring. I just didn't know how to access it. I didn't know how to bring it out of me. And so through the course of a lot of work and some therapy, just like yourself and uh, public speaking and lots of wonderful people, I was able to release all that energy into the world and with other people mm. and I feel at home all the time because I'm always at home base. I'm always being myself, you know, and. Oh, that's, thank you. And I listen to your podcast. I love when you interject. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be like, get on these tangents and stuff, but like <laughs> you, you were telling me, you know, about it and it, it just made me think of being yourself as such a native thing, you know? Yeah. And then like, I'm very like, taken by, like you said, well, your genetic predisposition is, you know, depression. Yeah. How honest is that to admit that? <laughs> you know, that's incredible. But then nobody would know that meeting you. I would never have guessed that ever. You shine. Oh, thank you. So for everybody who listens to this that knew me 10 years ago, drop your name below and prove that it's true. <laughs> 15 years ago or whatever it was. No, um, yeah, I love, I love to hear um, your story about being full of joy because that's my daughter. My daughter is, she just starts with, we can do this. Everywhere she goes, she makes a literal friend 
everywhere. Oh. My friends are her friends. That's what she tells everybody. <laughs> um, and she just, oh my goodness. She is just one joyful, incredible soul. Incredible. And my son's more like I am. Yeah. So the two of them to watch them and to get the privilege to parent both of them because both of those are superpowers, both of them. And it's just what yeah. we choose to do with it. Yeah. My and daughter it, is, uh, she's like your daughter. Very, she eats life, man, for breakfast, man. She's just, the joy is like exuding. And my wife and I always say, we have to be careful. We don't want to kill that mm -hmm. in her, you know, we want to make sure we're fostering <clears throat> that strength that she has, you know? Yeah. And, and the same as the other way around. So people who are, you know, you know, genet genetically or the core is less joyful and a few, uh, you know, however you real mm -hmm. or fact-based or whatever, you know, rational, whatever those words are. It's also sensitivity, right? Like they, they tend to be incredibly sensitive and protecting that and, and giving that space to flourish is a huge responsibility. And what an incredible thing to be entrusted with, to lift up this joy, right? And, and release it into the world and, and make sure that she has the opportunities to hold on to that, as well as the children who aren't in that space and keeping that sensitivity, keeping that fact-based questioning sort of mindset so that they can also bring that into the world. Because man, we have everything we need. It's all inside of us and building a life so we can live it and share it. Is, is the secret sauce. And nobody, you know, nobody is enjoyed by everybody. I have some people in this world, they do not like me. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, okay, let's, this, nobody is enjoyed by everybody. Exactly. That's genius. That is truthful. <clears throat> Very truthful. But there's people who think the opposite. They think, oh, everybody loves me. You know, like. <laughs> I don't think that everything. I'm like, I'm sure there's people who are listening to my podcast. It's just not my thing. I, that's okay. You know, it's like, it's all good. I don't like everything I come in contact with, you know, and I was just having a conversation where I'm like, I have chemistry with certain people, like amazingly when I have my, I get on and we just have like this amazing, crazy chemistry, you know, and then I have people sometimes I get on. It's still good. It's just, it's evident. It's not as powerful. You know, that's okay. <laughs> it's just different. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I do not understand Picasso. I don't get it. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and one of my closest friends, she, she has probably spent two hours of her life describing to me why Picasso is amazing and, and inclusive and embraces everyone and removes this, you know, Western, Eurocentric, whatever, right? Like, awesome, awesome. I still don't understand Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't get it either, but you know, it's okay. You know, I mean, everybody has different flavors and things that they're into. And, uh, I try to just be, uh, like you said, sensitive about those things, you know, but I also think like for me, what I've learned so much throughout my life is when I feel this overwhelming connection or this energy towards other people, I want more of it. Mm -hmm. I want to embrace it. I want to, <clears throat> I want to keep it in my life, you know? So yeah. I think it's sometimes it's like, you know, people go, oh man, you know, all these people, I know all these people. I'm like, well, yeah, I might know a lot of people, but I have very few dominant energy with people, dominant, not in overtaking them, but in dominant in my, my projection or attraction to their, 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 their being, yeah. you know? And so if somebody would wonder like, why would I talk to one person more than the other? That's it. It's, it's just, it's just a feeling for me. It's not like, oh, I don't like the way you're wearing your clothes or this and that. It's just like who your presence is, what you bring to me is either like a tractor beam towards me, or it's just kind of not really. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. You know? I, so the way I think about it, and this is pretty new. <laughs> okay. So the coach I'm working with, she had us do the, um, what animal do you identify with? Which I will tell you until this time, I hated because I, I couldn't identify an animal that I really identified with where I really could say all these different pieces of this animal are something that, that feels to me. Right. And but she did it in a different way, a more thorough, for me, it was more thorough and way more um, reflective of where, where I need to get my inspiration from. And it turns out it's an octopus. Whoa. And I, I know, right? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> At first I was like, it can't be an octopus. No, that makes no, oh my God, it's an octopus. And okay, so the first one is, if you go to an aquarium, and there is a massive, appropriate aquarium, like an uh, like one of these huge ones where animal, you know, they can really live in their spaces. And there's an octopus in there. Nobody walks by it and is like octopus and keeps going. Nobody. It's either repulsion. Oh my god, it's an octopus. That's so creepy. It looks so gross. I don't know where all the alarms are going. Or utter fascination. Utter fascination, right? And. It's the same with me. When I get feedback on the speeches that I get, or like this, I'm going to have a vulnerability hangover when we stop. I'm going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I talked about this, right? And yeah. it's gonna, you know, and people are going to be like, you know, either really drawn to that or really like, oh, I can't believe she did that. Why is she talking about this and that and the other thing, right? The second part is that octopi or octopuses have um, multiple hearts and multiple brains. And I feel like that. I have the one that was gifted to me and I have the one that I choose to use. And it's about balancing both of those, both of those hearts and both of those minds, right? And, and so I identify with that. They also, you know, they explore and they have all these tentacles in all these different directions, but when they're ready to move, whoosh, they're gone. Right. And I'm the same way. I'm like, that's why, you know, eight months, eight months, I didn't realize that I was leaving corporate. 
I didn't, I didn't feel it because I was just exploring and doing this and doing that and seeing. And then when that breakup conversation happened, I was flying. I am flying, right? But the last one, the one that matters the most for me is that the exact same thing an octopus holds on to is what they use to repel. <laughs> Interesting. So when people work with me in a coaching, consulting is a bit different, but in the coaching environment, the beginning is so intense because the people who are working with me, they have a big, they have a big goal, a big shift, a big something, and they can feel it in their hearts. And maybe they've already told themselves it's impossible, but they also Maybe currently in that, like, well, how am I actually going to do it? And I know what I want, but I can't get it done. That intensity, that holding on, like the octopus, once that's there, they get pushed. I mean, go fly, right? Yeah. And, and then it, like, really slows down how we continue working together. It's more the, you know, the hygiene, the keeping going a specific situation. And... That's how I am in my relationships as well. My best friends, I've known since my freshman year of college. I have literally gone a year without talking to them, to each of them. And when they said that they needed me, within three, three days, I, was, I had flown across the world, taken the time off, rearranged how things were going to be happening, and I was there for them. Like an octopus. <laughs> So yeah, an octopus. What about you? What's your animal? I don't know. You're making me rethink things right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell you. I'll say that I'm thinking about the aquarium thing. I had to re I had to reframe this, honestly, based off the aquarium context. Because if I would have told you, because I've thought about this a lot. I've actually thought about this. Strangely enough, I would have said, "I'm an eagle." I would have said that. And I've actually explained this to people in the past. But I didn't really know anything about eagles when I said that. <laughs> That's the weird. That's like the weird thing about it. I don't know anything about eagles. But now that I live right next to eagles all the time, where I live in Washington, there's I saw 17 bald eagles the other day. I mean, it's like 17. Wow. That's like amazing to see like 17 bald eagles in a tree, juveniles and adults, and these huge birds, just majestic, incredible things. You know, they can't see at night, so you never see them at nighttime, you know. And, um, you know, usually with they're kind of like mate together, you know, they're very one of those animals are like, they're not like polyamorous. They're very like, hey, we're together. We're like... We're doing our thing, you know? So I feel like that, but I think about like the aquarium thing. I think, you know, I'm not going to see a bald eagle there. I don't see an aquarium, but if you do, tell me though, because that'll be weird. Okay. Well, I think like I've always attracted to jellyfish at aquariums. I am mesmerized by jellyfish because they, they don't look earthly to me. And I don't feel earthly. A lot of times I feel very different in my own skin. 
quite a bit. I don't feel like I'm from anywhere. I feel like I'm just always been different. And so they seem otherworldly. I feel like that often. Um, and and they, they seem, it seems like a very simple organism. I know it's probably more than that, but, and, but I love simplicity too. I enjoy the simplistic nature of living, of relaxing and working. If I'm going to work, I'm going to work. If I'm going to relax, I'm going to relax real hard. I'm not a fidgety person. Like when I'm doing something, I'm doing it. When I'm not doing something, nothing's happening. <laughs> like, can you be a jellyfish eagle? <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I think both of those animals have in common, or both of those creatures have in common, is once you've experienced one, you don't forget it. Yeah. Wow. You just drop gems all the time, you know that? <laughs> thank you i was really looking forward to this you know it's like we had that call before and like you just like burst onto the scene i was like whoa i was like actually taken back a little bit in a good way in a good way because i'm not used to people spilling i don't know how to say this the right way exploding their their personality and their joy directly onto a person the minute you talk to them yeah right there's this guarding there's this guard that we have with people there's this first couple of minutes of weirdness we experience with people you're kind of like feeling each other out you know there was none of that with you <laughs> you came on pow 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 i mean I, so i was at an advantage that I can listen to your earlier episodes. <laughs> and I was like, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I've had, I've had a number of people, when I say a number, I'm saying like way more than 70% of the people I meet in my life actually at some point in our relationship loop back and say, you know what? I didn't think that you were real. <laughs> I in what sense? Like, what do you mean? So when I was still in my corporate job, I had the, and I had the deep, 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 deep pleasure of running some programs that were specifically designed to change the face and the mindset of a large organization, externally facing organization. What that specifically meant was greater equity and personalities, which is hard to have a program for. So we clothed it in this women, women and generational inclusion, and specifically women who are not like me, women who are not married to a man, women who are not of Eurasian or European um, ancestry, right? So maybe they have a mixed ancestry, maybe they have an African ancestry and a native, you know, Native American ancestry or Asian, right? And... I would get to know each of them because there was a sponsorship aspect to it. There was an education, but it was all specific to this person sitting in front of me because inclusion and diversity programs, they try to have a program, but everyone gets treated the same. Guess what? That doesn't work. So <laughs> these were all specific. And when that program started to come to an end or when people graduated, they got the chance to give feedback. And there was always a moment where people would say, not to me, but inside the feedback, uh, well, the first time I talked to Nicole, I thought, 
this is not authentic. There's no way she's going to do this. She doesn't, you know, like she's laughing. She doesn't take this seriously, but I'm going to give it a chance because this is probably my one chance. But I mean it, right? I, I genuinely mean it. I genuinely want to be of service to you. I genuinely want to know your story. I genuinely want to connect and to share with you. And when I no longer want that, you know it, because I'm an octopus. Hold, release. <laughs> so true, right? Wow. Way to bring that home. That was pretty good. <laughs> when you're, and you'll know it. <laughs> so. I give a lot of speeches. <laughs> yeah, I, it's very evident. I, it's, yeah, I feel we're very similar. We're very similar in, in many ways in that sense. Like, I... Like I, I can be very into to things or you know people and like I'm like hey man I'm enjoying this and when it's over it's just over for me you know it's just like okay we're done there's not a lot of lingering with me it's uh there's not a lot of lot of residue or leftover it's like <laughs> it's done and you know it because it's just it's just done yeah. you know I I mean I can identify. With that, and I, you know, I don't think that I thought that you weren't um, like authentic. I just, my exact thought was, I'm sitting in my car, and uh, that's what you're I love so about. Sweaty. you're so sweaty. You had just had this big. I know. Workout. You oh, were like in transition. Yeah. <laughs> I was in transition. I was like, just finished really hard workout. I'm like, I'm sweating, talking. Uh, blah. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, uh, right. I, you know, I'm, I'm talking. I don't normally have evening talks with people. It's normally like morning time. So I'm like, okay, this is like a very different timeline for me. You know, I'm like coming right from working out, talking, and it's like I got hit in the face, <laughs> and, and I was like, I gotta reorganize what I'm what I'm listening to right now and the, and the vibe I'm getting, you know, and like the emotion, I'm, I'm sure you remember, like there was some real emotion in that talk emotion that you don't get the first time you meet somebody. It's not on display like that. It's like you hold it up. Okay. Maybe that got to me a little bit. Uh, you're not going to see it though. You let that emotion out immediately. You were like, this is me. This is how this made me feel when you said that. I needed this. And I was like, people don't explode like that yeah. initially. I had to reorganize my thoughts about you Aww. when I did that in a positive way. A very I positive think that way. Is a huge compliment. I'm like over here floating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, swing it's just head. not common. Yeah, it's just not common. You know, it's, there's always this song and dance. And my favorite is when I get on the phone with somebody and I'm like, hey, you know, thanks for taking my phone call, blah, blah. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, you can be yourself. It's okay. I'm not some weird dude, you know? <laughs> you know what? I, I wonder, and not to throw anyone under the bus, but here we go. I wonder if they've listened to your podcast. Because I am really surprised by the number of people, because I love this. I love podcasts. I love being on podcast. Like, this is mm -hmm. so awesome, right? Especially for people who are busy or traveling. You can download it. You can listen to it when you've yep. got time. And so when when I get the chance to talk to someone about their podcast, I'm going to listen to their podcast first. 
And I'm shocked by how many people don't do that. How it's do common. You, I think it's pretty common, <clears throat> honestly. You know you want to give your voice and your story to an audience. You don't know who that audience is. Right. And, and so I, I do wonder, maybe that's part of it. Because I listened to two of your really early ones. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this guy. This guy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm into people. And you keep listening. You're going to hear some crazy stuff, man. I'm, I'm like always willing to take it to take it to the max. I'm, re- I'm willing to soar towards the sun and yeah. see what's up there. You know, so I think I'm getting a lot of people who are are extremely vulnerable. Like they're like giving their guts mm-hmm. on the podcast. You're going to see too. Man. You're going to be like, wow. Yeah. And I think like my power, my kind of gift is I feel good at helping people let them do that. I let people throw up on my show. Yeah. I'm just like, just, just do it. And then I tell them, don't retract it afterwards. Don't right. have that vulnerability hangover and ask to retract it. <clears throat> just let it be. Yeah. You were meant to let that go out of your mouth. Just let it go. And, and, and have the vulnerability hangover and sit in it, but don't retract it. Yeah, just 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 yeah. marinate. Let it marinate a little bit, you know, because you're going to think, oh, what did I say? And then my favorite is like weeks later when the podcast comes out, you know, the guest forgets what they said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're, yeah. <laughs> right. So you're listening to your podcast and you're thinking, what did I say yeah. during that? And shocking. The first one that came out, the title was bravery, the skill of bravery and failure. And I was like, what? And so I listened to it and I'm like, Oh my God, I said that. That was, that was smart. I had no memory of talking about failure at all, at all. Yeah. So the one episode that I'll be honest, I was about to skip was the kindness one with the Mm -hmm. woman who does the childhood books. Oh, Wendy, Wendy. Wendy, Yeah. Yeah. Because I have seen far too often that kindness is used as a reason not to address the danger in the room or the elephant in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be kind. Let's get, let's, let's get along. I mean, those people, they don't have rights and food, but we're going to be pleasant to each other. You know, <laughs> I was like, Oh, I listened to it because I trust you. Yeah. And I'm actually only partway through because I started to really cry. Oh, I really, when you guys started talking about the school shootings. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm tearing up already. Oh no, there it goes. Because it's so real and so hard to talk about. That's what I think that was the beauty. Like I had no clue we were going there, but then she started talking about the anti-bullying mm-hmm. and the school shootings. And she's talking about, you know, like having to do these school shooting drills. Oh my God. That's when and I- that broke yeah. me, <clears throat> you know? And the kids have to do that. And then the one kid, you got to listen to this pod. If you're listening to this, you got to listen. And how the one kid was the person who had to like be the alerter or something like that or hold the door. And she didn't want to be, she did not want that job. <clears throat> Why do we have to have that job? We don't you have know? to. We need to have the hard conversations and hold each other accountable. We don't. Right. And yes, kind. and this is why I was like, oh, kindness. Kindness, <laughs> yes. But we cannot not work on the infrastructure and the systems yep. that create 
this. So what that means is we have to work on the infrastructure and the structure. And testifying in front of the Senate of Colorado is petrifying. (laughs) Yeah. And I've seen so many people brave it up and go right there. And they, and they share their stories, they share their loss, they share their fears. Now, I will be totally transparent and say I have prepped a lot of people to do that. I have yet to sit in that chair myself because my son came home. Ah. I know. And he said to me, where I sit, this was in his kindergarten year, where I sit is where the loud kids sit. Mommy, can you tell Mr. Miller I want to sit with the quiet kids? Because at that moment, there's a decision. Is, you know, am I going to say my kid needs to be with the quiet kids and those kids, they need to be the ones that are murdered because of our negligence? Thing, I All I can say is I never had the conversation with Mr. Miller because they stopped the drill. That was the last drill of the year. Drill. It's a trauma. Drill. I know. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, and that, I think just to, I think that's what makes that what, that's what made me so vulnerable the very first time I spoke to you Yeah. and why people listen. It's for those raw conversations. I think that we're really hungry for it. I think we are hungry to have brave conversations, to have clear conversations. I think we're hungry for vulnerability hangovers. I think it's been too plastic, too fake too nebulous for too long and and people are tired of it they're tired of you know rents going up and like all the infrastructure things that that suck up all the time and not having the connection and i love social media and i hate social media social media is a great place to learn and to share and to connect but man you gotta take that into person or like this right like this is kind in person yeah and i think I know people want more of that and they don't know how to make it happen yet. And so having role model conversations and role models in the world is so important. I agree. I think that was one of the biggest reasons I started this is because I was having these vulnerable conversations for years, well, over a decade with people. And while they were effective for me and the person I was talking to, unless they shared it with somebody else or I did, I realized it was staying between us. And I said, I need a outlet so that people could feel good and feel safe to hear about some pretty extreme ideas and feelings that people were having. And I was, I had always listened to podcasts. I'm like, why can't I just do this myself? I'm pretty sure I could do this. I'm positive. And as I've grown and doing it, I always meet these amazing people. And the beauty is in somebody listens, somebody contacts me and goes, that episode, I started healing because of that. I changed because of that. You know, when I had Gary Stotler on, a guy who lost 200 pounds, he's in Colorado. Yeah. And, you know, his episode was one of the rawest ones I've had so far. I mean, his was like heartbreaking crazy heartbreaking you know he broke down he was like he man he gave it all he did he left nothing on the table 
And he told another one of the podcast guests I had on, Michelle Zellner, who's also in Colorado, mm -hmm. said, being on Darian's podcast, it helped to heal half of me. Oh. It helped heal half of me, having that conversation. It was necessary. I said, that's why I'm doing it. That's So for me, it's like, I need people to come in and be themselves. I need them to like, just be raw and just rip that cord, let it go. And you know, if you need me to walk with you, I'll tell you too. I'll tell you some stuff too, to help you feel not alone <laughs> in it. You know, I'm no saint, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so it's, yeah, I, I think people should listen to my podcast before they speak with me, but sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah, probably a lot, honestly, but. Yeah, and, and I yeah. really hope that he will carry that Cause, cause the 200 pounds is like, that pulls you in. Right. Yeah. And the way that he went through, okay. I, I changed my eating, but then I was exercising too much, but then I was mm -hmm. drinking. And so this was that process that I went through was really, I, I, I'm, it's shocking to me that that was the first time he talked about it because he was emotional, but he was on top of it. Right. Like yeah. knew where he wanted his story to go. Um, I hope he'll continue to share that because a lot of people, and this happens in my family as well with addicts, right? Um, it moves from one thing to the next thing. And a lot of times those things are approved by society. Yeah. Money, property, car, drinking, now smoking pot, like, right? right? You know, women or men, um, ego whatever the case may be. Right. And, and working through that is tough when society tells you it's awesome. It's awesome to be the global senior director of change and communications. You know, the snazzy title. Snazzy title. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, I didn't even use it. I, one of my managers forced me to use it. He's like, your LinkedIn is wrong. I'm like, nah, it's oh. like your LinkedIn is wrong. Oh, it's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> no big deal, man. You know? <laughs> no. Um, but, but people are hungry though. Like, like you hit on something that's important. People are hungry for vulnerability, but the main thing was they don't know how to achieve it. And I think it starts with a conversation and you need to have a platform or you need to have somebody who feels like you can be honest with and kind of start that ball rolling. I just happen to have that in a public forum <laughs> with people. And that's why I tell them just embrace what you said, embrace the messiness, whatever you think it, just embrace it. And good things because people are not going to have this weird opinion of you. I'm telling you, there's so many, many more people like you. I'm telling they're out there. You know, I just remembered a turning point. That tell me. You asked earlier. It's not quite in the time zone that, that um, you asked for, but so I'm in this uh, rural school. I'm in junior high school and my eating issues are already starting. I was um, taking care of my brother and sister because my mom was struggling through college to become a nurse. And uh, it was, it was a time. And this, this group of adults came into our school and they shared their professions. And there was one woman who said, 
something along the lines of I travel and I work with lots of different people and I go to these different places. I don't remember exactly what she said, but I remember her specifically saying travel, specifically saying a lot of people and then, and then stressing she was from the next also poor town over. And that was that one of those moments where her time changed what I thought was possible. So yes, a conversation and yes, sharing your experience. I don't know her name. I don't even know what job she was talking about. <laughs> like maybe she was a tax advisor. I have no idea. Right. Um, those conversations and that role modeling and that sharing, that was a true turning point in what I thought, what I believed would be possible for me. Hmm. You know what I love about this conversation? I like telling people things, like letting people know about how I feel about things. I love the silence sometimes. There's been a lot of silence, like thoughtful silence in the conversation. That is something that I think is incredibly important in a conversation. It's like you hear something and it, boo, hit your chest. And then you're just letting that, that wave hit you and you're like, think about this for a second. I gotta really like take this in. You're really good at that. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I genuinely want to know what people, what you have to say. I totally don't... true. I can sense that. <laughs> And part, part of it's selfish. I want to feel good <laughs> about the conversation I'm in. And when I'm listening to say something, I don't feel good about myself. I want, I genuinely want to know about other people's experiences and their thoughts and their heart. I genuinely, um, I just believe we are all connected. All yeah. My son loves to explore impossibilities and possibilities. And part of my family is um, fundamentalist Christians. Mm -hmm. And so this conversation comes up a lot. And he decided in his own way that God does not exist. Mm -hmm. are, this is it. Science, math, whatever, logic, boom, right? And he's uh -huh. very clear about this. In fact, I didn't know he believed that until he was suddenly saying, there's no God, granny. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I turned completely cold inside. Um, <laughs> like I'm not ready for the follow-up. Yeah. Um, and so he'll ask me and then now my daughter asks me as well, cause she loves this concept of God. She just, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a warm blanket to her and it's fantastic. And, and I just keep coming back to, we are all connected. We are all connected. Yeah. We send ripples out. And those ripples are strong and they're long, they're soft and gentle, but they're always going out. And so I make a choice of what kind of ripples I want. And I know the ripples hit some people like a tsunami and other people, they don't even notice it. And I know that I'm putting out what I choose and not just what, what I've been conditioned. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of bravery to get there. Well, it's the work part. I think that is, it's, it's difficult to work on yourself and 
continually do that and sometimes experience relapses mm -hmm. in that work. And, um, but I think it's beautiful. That's why I like talking to people and having these things, you know, it's people ask me like, why are you doing this? Like, what's, what's like the end goal? I'm like, I have no clue. I literally have no clue. And it's okay that I don't know. So yeah. I, I don't have to have the certainty of evidence to know where it's going. I just let it happen. I, you know, schedule people. It's like, and then like people ask, well, why'd you choose me? Like, why'd you often like pick people? I reach out to people. That's my thing. I don't know. I'm not normally like a, Hey, I want to be on your show. I, I like to like go like on that thing, spot a guest that we're on. Yeah. I just go, I literally go over people. This is my, this is my method. I'm not, I, I'm very transparent. I don't care. I just say, this is my method. I literally go over the person's profile. I just mm -hmm. go over profiles and then something pulls me towards somebody. And I literally just go, okay. I don't really look at like what they say like so much, like what they do professionally. Most of the time I have no clue what they do. <laughs> I just look, I literally, I don't really care so much about You're that. You're not impressed by the snazzy titles? No, no. I've got those <laughs> snazzy titles too. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, and I get a sense. I go over Nicole's. I'm like, hmm. I'm gonna say hello. That's it. It's just a feeling. And then we kind of start chatting, and it's just, it's just a vibe. So I, I trust my intuition. I trust what my feelings are. And then maybe we'll talk about their snazzy job title and stuff. But I'm pretty open with people. I'm like, I kind of really don't want to know about that so much. I'm like, this is like the deeper parts of your, of, of, of you, the abyss of, of your existence. I, I want to know about that. Like, you better come on here ready to talk about you <laughs> and your emotions. I mean, we didn't talk about your job, but I'm probably going to transition from that pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> like, so there better be more to you than your job. <laughs> That you're willing to share. That right? you're willing to share. Yeah. I just, I, um, I'm trying to think like, why am I so, I know that in college I, I was really healing from my eating. And so I went to high schools and I shared my story in their gymnasium or with smaller group. And in Germany at the beginning, I frequently shared you know, how I got to Germany, why I was staying. Um, I shared a lot about my process to become debt-free. Um, I think I feel comfortable because I've done it and because I have people, we have people in this world that are still in this world because they heard a story from me. And I think it's practice and purpose and self-love and, and all of those things that we all need. We all need them. Well, I can tell you that this podcast is going to be called <laughs> Breakup, Conver Breakup Conversations, Are You an Octopus? <laughs> Vulnerability Hangovers. So you're going to remember what you talked about. <laughs> Are you an octopus? <laughs> are you an octopus? Yeah. Be like, you know the animal thing? I'm telling you, people are going to start thinking, what animal am I? Yeah. Think about it. That's the genius of these things is like, 
you you get something from it. You take from it. You pull these experiences. Oh, Nicole, that was interesting. What she said. Oh, Darian, what was he? Why did he ask that? Yeah. You know about the turning points and stuff. Because I want you to explain the turning point, and I want other people to think about their turning points, and to put that into being. Because people don't think that way. Like if I if I ask a guest a question and they pause like 10 seconds, I I hit something. Something yeah. happened yeah. that was jarring and they didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah, I've never been asked. I've I've never been asked for a turning point inside of the turning phase. And I, even right now, I can't think of one. Yeah. I can't I can tell you the turning point in my relationship with my husband. Oh, tell me. <laughs> so my husband is on paper, not correct for me. Um and I on paper am the person to drive him crazy, which mm-hmm. kind of marriage. So I guess anyways. Um <laughs> so we had been dating for a while. And I, I think it took us a while to realize we were dating. It also took us a while because Germans and Americans date differently. Germans don't date. Americans date. So I thought he was super cute. And we had both broken up with our the people that we had been with when we first met each other. And we had been hanging out in a group. And so I asked him if he'd like to have dinner. And he was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, oh, at this place. So I got datafied. Mm-hmm. And he rolls in in a hoodie. And uh, and he's like, where's everybody else? I was like, uh, date. So he just didn't talk to me because he freezes up, right? So he's just, he just answered my questions. I was like, okay, this guy really doesn't like me. Wrong signals, right? So it took a while. And thank God we had mutual friends who just kept throwing us together because they knew that we both individually were interested. It finally happened. We finally clicked. Finally got it. We'd been dating for a while. And... Um, you know, I was, it was great. I I felt confident. I enjoyed spending time with him. We would talk through movies because we just enjoy talking to each other. He challenged me a lot to think about things in a different way, which is funny because he would never, ever say that, but he did. And (laughs) we go to Dresden. We take this trip up to Dresden, which I had wanted to go through because I had been told that that's where my family was from. It turns out it's not, that's where they came through and got their papers. And, um, we're going to go into the Frauenkirche and it starts to rain and not like, you know, gentle rain that you, you pedal through. No, no, this was like hardcore sand in the rain and you will be drenched. So all these awnings were out and we get below an awning with all these other tourists and we, it's lasting so long. So we end up just sitting on the ground and we are laughing and we're having a grand time and everything is wet and we're not going to get into the church because it's going to close soon and we're hungry. But to get to the restaurant, we'd have to go through this horrible rain and it's lasting, it's lasting. And I'm having such a good time. And I kind of look up and we're surrounded by miserable people, miserable people. And I was still in a, in a part of my life where I would have been miserable too. But here I was with my actual life partner. And I knew that was the moment. That was the moment. I, I want to be married to this guy. And at the time, we still had to carry cameras. Remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. And I actually asked 
one of the other miserable people, <laughs> would you take a picture of us? And the guy was like, stand up. I was like, no, 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 I really, I really want to be on the ground, you know? And so he takes, so I have a picture of that, of that precious 10 minutes where it was this turning point. And, um, and so I told him months later, I said, cause I'm a little more, I'm the driver and he's the stability. So I said to him, when you're ready to ask, I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So he made me wait a year. We went to Paris. We went to Paris. And all three days, I'm like, <laughs> he didn't ask. We went somewhere else. And I was like, this is it. This is it. This right? is it. Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, then we went to Italy, which his family has a small um, home that they all share. You, you know, everyone pays in and then you can have it for a couple of days a year. And we go and his sister comes with her then boyfriend and I'm like, whatever, this is, I mean, this is just a thing. Guess where he asked? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I can't remember anything he said. As soon as I knew what was happening, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> when you're ready to ask, it'll be yes. <laughs> well, so you told him that and he was like, oh, okay, I got time. <laughs> like... uh, and that's why husband, like he, he, he when he commits he's like all in and he yeah. just needs a process to get to where he is all in and then i mean sometimes people are like oh my god why do you move you're in this country and that country and it's because i move with my home as much as we may art because you know you've been married 15 years it's yeah. not marriage not for the week <laughs> we, we, no. you, we battle we discuss we laugh all the all the things right and you know he is the home and i am the person who keeps moving the home all over the place <laughs> right right yeah you fascinate me nicole i, I tell you you Thank you. Thank you. I know we were talking about that. I think the first time you were like, who's interviewing you? We need to interview you. Like... You need to be interviewed. <laughs> you need to be interviewed. I mean, the little stuff, but also the big stuff. Like, how on earth did you get to, I'm going to be the voice in people's ear while they work out? I mean, that is like, <laughs> of course, that's totally inspiring. How did you get there? Right. <laughs> Really big things like you had this massive responsibility and impact into the into the fitness industry. Why Washington? Like, there's just so many questions. Yeah, there are a lot of questions. I'm a man of mystery, don't you know? <laughs> Let's get that fog out of there. No We're gonna get the fog out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you fascinate me, and I'm uh, I'm grateful for the conversation. Um, it's. Uh, very heartwarming and honest and genuine. So thank you for coming on my show. What of a ray of sunshine and light you are. Thanks for this chance. I really enjoy what you're doing in the world. Thank you. Really thank enjoy. you. Keep listening, hopefully, and um, enjoying. And um, I, I feel like there's a part two coming to this. There's definitely going to be a part two of this for sure. I'm feeling it. He's on my end. And I'm over here. I'm like, what else could I possibly share? Oh, you have no clue. There's. I probably don't. I probably don't. There's way more. <laughs> transition within the transition. What? I mean, there is like, I always, I have like this matrix in my mind 
like when I talk to people, I don't even know. My wife's just always like, man, just like this, this is like your thing. You know, it's like, it just comes to me. I, I see somebody and the question comes to me mm-hmm. and there's all the turns and mazes. And believe me, there's a lot of other things I'm thinking about, but there's also time. <laughs> so, too, so, so yes, I would love to explore more of what's going on in that joyful brain of yours as well. Happily. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Nicole. Thank you. Thanks. We got for- a vulnerability hangover happening here. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> There's a brewery right down the road. I already checked it out. Oh, man. If I was there, I'd be hitting that thing immediately, man. <laughs> I'm telling you I would. A porter or stout, one of those things, I'm into. <laughs> I hope that I meet you one day. I look forward to hopefully meeting you and your husband, your family. It'd be pretty awesome. And actually, I'm, I'm hosting a podcast retreat in May. Uh, I know that's pretty soon for a lot of people, but it's going to be up here in Washington, and all the guests of my show are invited. It's just for the guests of the show and their families, and to come up and to have community together and chat. And actually, then I'm also doing an on-site podcast with as many of my guests who I've done this way, to actually stare them in the face and, and have a podcast with them on a beach. Yeah. Uh, I need the dates. I'm going to tell you, it's May like 15th through 17th or so. I think that's when I said it was going to be. Send me that. Send me all those deets. Please. I'm going to send it to you. Actually, there's a bunch of people from Colorado coming that are live near you. So they're all like coming together, which is hilarious. You know? Oh, I love that. I'm going to send it to you for sure. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Nicole. Have an awesome day. All right. Bye. You too. Bye. <laughs>